Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to everyone joining in online. It's so good to be here. I'm really excited to be able to speak in our second week of our Jesus Manifestos uh, series. Um, if you weren't here last week, Matt did a fantastic introduction to uh, what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. So I do check that out online if you can. Um, but we've over the year, we sort of we sort of shape our year in three different ways. In in the autumn, we sort of gather. Um, we kind of we we sort of figure out what we are as we gather together. Um, in the spring, in January, we start to think about how we can grow together. Um, and then now we're moving into the sort of summer season. Uh, we're thinking how can we go together? What are the things that we're going to do together and obviously we're doing those three things throughout the year um, but now we're looking at what is it that we're going to do and um, I'd love to know have, has, have any of you ever had that dream where you've got to do something really really important and you're right there, but you've forgotten the essential thing to make it happen. Uh, maybe you're about to get on a plane and you've forgotten your passport. You're about to take an exam and you've forgotten all your pens. And you're sort of like, you basically just spend the entire dream trying to figure out where that thing is uh, to make it happen. Who's had that dream here? Let's see, a, let's see a show of hands. Who's never had that dream? You've never had that. You must have like the most relaxed subconscious ever. Like, you know, I get that dream fairly regularly. Um, anyway, maybe that's happened to you in real life, that there's something that you've needed to do and you just haven't got what you need to do it. The other week, I was like, I got to church. We live a little bit far, further away now, so we kind of have to drive in. And I got there, and I was like settling down for a day's work um, in the offices over at Baldwin Street. And, I, and, you know, I kind of like set my bag down, and I was like looking around. I just thought, right, here we go. Emails, let's go. Looked in my bag. My laptop was at home. What a nightmare. I like got my phone out absolutely could not do the things that I wanted to do because I didn't have what I needed. In this Jesus manifesto story, we see with all the good things that we want to do in the world, the things that Jesus set out to do, we can't do them without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what activates all that is to be done within these lines. So let's read together in Luke 4. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, in this, in this reading, we see this manifesto of Jesus, the things that he's come to do, something that we are caught up into as the church. And it's the spirit of the Lord that makes all these other things happen. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's the spirit that activates all the other things. And we see in the passage before this, in Luke 3, in the chapter before, Jesus was baptized by John and the spirit descends upon him like a dove. And the start of Jesus' ministry is right there with the Spirit anointing him for the task ahead of him. And today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, and how we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives today. So, who or what is the Holy Spirit? Now, you might be tempted, like I was, um, to think the Spirit is something like the Force in Star Wars. I I remember when I first came to faith, and I was, like, filled with excitement and adrenaline, and I'd seen lots of, you know, I'd seen lots of sort of miracles and things. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I remember sitting at home thinking, you know what? If I just had faith, I could make, I could do anything. God could do anything through me. And I kind of felt that if you just sort of tried hard enough in your brain, you could like do whatever you wanted. And so I sort of closed my eyes. And you know, it's a bit like the force. You put your hand out and you're sort of like, right, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to imagine and I'm going to manifest this thing in front of me. And you know what? I got it in my head. Wouldn't it be an amazing idea if actually, if I had so much faith, if I just really believed it would happen, that I could run through a wall. Like, you know, Jesus has done this. Like, he walked on water, like, he appeared randomly in rooms. And, you know, I just thought, if I just believe it, like, God, God will do it, right? Like, that's how it works. I can just sort of make it happen. Come on. Anyway, I didn't run, run into a wall. Don't worry. Um, but Because I thought, well, hang on. How will that glorify God in any way, shape, or form? That will surely glorify me. Anyway, that's not how it works. God is, uh, the Holy Spirit is not like the force that you sort of have and you use. Holy, the Holy Spirit is much more personal. It's a person. The Holy Spirit was, we'll dig into the Trinity a a sort of another time, um, but the Holy Spirit is God moving uh, in his world. He was there before creation, is active throughout all of time. And in in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, he's known as the Ruach, the sort of breath of God. In the the New Testament, that's the Pneuma, the sort of close, personal uh, sort of action of God, this breath of God. And you know what? The good thing is the Spirit cannot be left at home like your passport or your pencil case. The Spirit is a person who goes with us. You know, Christians are given the Holy Spirit. In, uh, in John 14, Jesus talks about promising this Holy Spirit to come on those who, who follow him. And it says this in John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or paraclete to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This, another advocate or paraclete, it kind of means like a helper, a counselor, someone who draws alongside you. Uh, In the Mediterranean in those days, there was these small ships that would get stuck out at sea in the storms, and what they would do, they would send out a big ship, a paraclete, uh, parakletos was in the Greek, and they'd they'd go out, and they'd basically just tug the thing back into shore, the the one that would come alongside the small boat to give it support and to take it back into harbor. So the Holy Spirit is a person. That's who the Spirit is. So what does the Spirit do? Here's just a little list of things that the Holy Spirit uh, does in the Bible. We see him doing. He helps in creation. He sustains life. He convicts us of sin. He draws us to Jesus. He gives new life. He dwells in us. 
He helps us experience our adoption as children of God. He prays in us and intercedes for others. He unites us. He reveals and he illuminates. He guides and he empowers mission. And you know what? He grows us spiritually. He grows us in character. I love in Galatians 5, Paul gives us the sort of fruits of the Spirit. It's what's produced by the Spirit within us. And this is the list. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those, those fruit help us know a little bit about what the Spirit is like. He's gentle. He's kind. He's good. He's patient. And so there's something of God's character in those things that we see the Spirit grow in us. And he comes gently upon us sometimes. But, you know, sometimes he comes in power. In 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 4 says this. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. He's always talking about the Spirit throughout that, throughout that letter. It's amazing. It says this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And the word he uses there is dunamis. It's the word that we get the word dynamite from. It's explosive. It changes things. It shakes up the norm. It revitalizes the church. There is a, there's an old prophecy in, in the book of Joel that says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And at the end of Jesus' ministry in the book of Acts, when Jesus has ascended to heaven, the spirit is poured out upon the disciples in the upper room. And it, it breaks out in Jerusalem. It shakes up the norm. It comes in power. They start speaking in tongues of all different nations. And God shows that diversity is beautiful. And he brings people together in unity by his spirit. And so how do we experience the Holy Spirit in our lives today? And you know, God, God, he is that gentle sort of grower of us. He, he stays with us. He walks with us. And so day to day, we have the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian here today, um, you know, we can ask God to be with us. He is always with us. His Spirit is with us. If you're not a Christian today, there's plenty of time to become one. That's absolutely fine. Um, and the Spirit will be with you. Um, he'll be with you. But then, you know, it's kind of like a pilot light on a gas boiler. Um, and, you know, it's always there. It's always on. The Spirit is always with us. But then sometimes, like, the heat is turned up and it roars because the power of God comes upon us in some way that we maybe didn't even expect. You know, we, we talk about miracles. We talk about these gifts of, these spiritual gifts. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says this. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between the Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. That's an amazing list, isn't it? Maybe, I'm just gonna, maybe we'll just talk about that list for a moment. He gives us the gift of wisdom, sort of, a, a sort of supernatural uh, knowing of what to do in a situation, uh, sort of uh, something that you can't even explain. It's close to mir- the next one, miraculous knowledge, knowing something that you couldn't possibly know about someone else or some other situation. Faith. This believing and trusting in God despite all the things that are going on around you. This sort of supernatural faith that God is good and you trust in him. Healing, both supernatural and natural healing, medical healing, are gifts of the Spirit. Miraculous powers. You know, walking on water, maybe running through walls, maybe not. Um, Walking on water, those things that are sort of miraculous that we just can't explain. Prophecy. Knowing what God wants to say about a situation, not necessarily about the future, but maybe about the future. Distinguishing between the spirits, is, it's like discerning what is from God and what isn't from God. Speaking in different tongues, tongues that perhaps are of angels or perhaps tongues of different languages in the world. And then the interpretation of those tongues, what that means. There's so many gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, my story is that I, 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 was, I was brought up, um, kind of, I went to a, a, a sort of a Christian school growing up, but I never really connected with it. I never found it uh, sort of helpful for me. In fact, I found it made me feel quite guilty a lot of the time. And so when I was a teenager, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to leave all that behind. God couldn't possibly be real. And I saw myself as a sort of agnostic atheist. And, and I remember when I was sort of 17, 18, I, I, I went along to my friend's church. He said, oh, why don't you come to church with me? And like, he was a really good friend. I didn't want to let him down. And I kind of felt like I couldn't really say no. I, I didn't have much else to do on a Sunday night. And he knew that. Um, so, I, I, so I thought I would go along. And, you know, I'd never really been to a church like it before. It was a little bit like this, but not quite the same. But it had, a, you know, it had some young people and some music and someone shared a testimony. And, and then there was this moment where we were singing the songs. And I was just standing there. And I had my hands. I think I had them folded. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and I was just standing there, and I just felt this weird feeling. It was, like, it was like a sort of warmness, and it was kind of like, it was just weird. It was different. And I just, at that moment, I just thought, what, what if there could be a God? Like, what if, what if, what if that's possible? And maybe I, should, maybe I should explore that. Maybe I'll think about it. And so, so I did. I sort of started to explore it, and I started to ask questions. And I, I went along to whatever I could go to, whatever church I could go to, whatever CU I could be a part of. I threw myself into it. And I remember I was just coming to faith, and I, and I stood, like, at the, I was sort of standing in the front, and my, um, I was kind of, you know, worshipping. And all of a sudden, this guy who was a little bit older than me, and he was, you know, he was really holy, I thought. Um, and he came up to me, and, and he, he gave me this piece of paper. And this piece of paper, it said, it said, you will feed my sheep and lead my people. And I thought, 
Oh, thanks, bud. Put it in my pocket. Didn't think about it. I was like, I have no idea what that means. I don't know what that's about. And then years later, I, I sort of looked and I thought, ah, those are the words that Jesus speaks to Peter when he's about to appoint him as head of the church. He's about to give him a sort of pastoral responsibility for people. And I thought, wow, actually, when I find myself now stepping out into planting a new church at Concord Church, come on, in the north of Bristol, here we go, um, in September, I can think back and think, wow, that word way back then, years ago, um, just makes me think, oh, gosh, isn't, wasn't that amazing that God could see all the way through, that God, God, it's all about God, it's not about me? And so time and time again, God has used gifts of the Spirit to bless me, to lead me, to encourage me, to build me up. And I love what happens in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul carries on talking about the Spirit. It says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13, also about the Spirit, about love, it's amazing. Uh, easily, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. And then it goes on in verse 12. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. You see, the purpose of the gifts is to build up the church, build up the church. Words of knowledge or prophecy uh, can massively impact someone's lives. It can change someone's life. It changed my life. Anything that is from the Spirit strengthens, encourages, and comforts rather than weakens, discourages, or makes uncomfortable. The gifts are to build up the church. The church without the Spirit, it's, it's like trying to get on a plane without a passport. It's like trying to do an exam without your pencil case. And this is why we pray, because it's not in our strength. We do all of this, everything we do here at St. Nick's, everything we do around the world as the church is made possible because we have the power of the Spirit. Gosh, we would cause so much damage if the Spirit wasn't with us. Think of all the useless people we've got. Think about me. You know, if the Spirit wasn't in me, then I know that I would never be able to do any of this. It's by his miraculous power. And that is why we pray. Every Sunday, we spend time asking God to fill us. You know, he's always with us, like I said. But we're asking him to come in power. A manifestation of his power is what it says in 1 Corinthians. Making his sort of spirit manifest in this world. And you know, we often share words of knowledge from the front. We share things that we feel like God is saying. And if you've never been here before, don't worry. We're going to have a bit of a time to do it in a bit so you won't miss out. Um, and what, what we do is we'll, we'll share words or, or pictures or things that we feel like God might be saying through the spirit. And you know what? We definitely don't get it right every time. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys now. There's been quite a few times where it's 100% me and it's not God. And I've been rubbish. And I've thought, you know, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Oh, actually, I feel like God's saying this. And I've said, I feel like God is saying this. Is, is, if that's anyone here, please put up a hand. Absolutely nothing. But you know what? No one died 
No, nothing particularly bad happened. And actually, I just shrug it off. It's all right. At least I gave it a shot. Um, and maybe next time it will be God because I know that God can speak to us. And he does use us. And you know what? We've had so many times where people, where we've shared words at the front and people have said, yeah, that was me. I can't believe that you knew. I can't believe that word of knowledge. I can't believe that that, 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 that was called, about, called out in, this, in the service. That was 100% for me. And you know what? You might be wondering, like, well, what about, like, you know, do we need this special environment? Do we need, like, you know, the keyboard playing and smoke machine or whatever else? You know, we don't need to hype the Spirit up. The Spirit comes down. The Spirit is here with us. And, you know, for, for so many of us, we might be a little bit scared to have a go. Um, and I just want to encourage you, don't wait until you're ready. You're in this place where everything's happened, you've sorted out your whole life, and you're finally ready to sort of maybe ask God for a gift of the Spirit. Because, you know, you know when you'll be ready? It's probably when you're dead. Um, because you'll never feel you're ready. You'll never feel like you're in the right place. Let's just give it a go. It's a journey of learning. It's kind of like, like cooking. You're not brilliant when you start. And you know what? You probably get a few things wrong, but we grow in maturity. We learn that gift of discernment. What is God saying? And so you know what? I think, I think we're going to have a bit of time to, to pray in a moment. But I'm going to have a little volunteer come up. Um, where's Tom? Come on, Tom. Come on up. He, this is Tom Gill, everybody. And I just want to show you what happens when we pray. Um, and... Hi, Tom. Hi, Andy. This is Tom. I've known Tom for... Four, four years. Four years. So we're good friends. This is all right. He's not feeling too awkward. I told him we were going to do this, so it's fine. Um, but what we're going to do is we're, we're just going to sort of... This is, I'm just going to show you what we do when we pray for people. And what may, I'm going to talk you through what's going through my head as I pray. Like, what is it that, I, that we're trying to do when we're asking God to come? And we're asking God for his spirit. And so, Tom, can I lay a hand on you, brother? So I'm going to lay a hand on, on Tom. Um, and, you know, in this church, we pray guys, on, guys for guys and girls for girls. And, you know what, we, we don't lay a hand if someone doesn't want it, because that's a bit weird. Um, but if they're okay, the reason that we, we put a hand on is partly because the Bible says so, but also because, you know what, actually, it's, it's, you know, we're connected and we're praying together. It's, you know, I'm not, come on, I'm, it's not the force. You know, it's, it's just sort of, brother, you know, I could, like, we could pray like this, we could pray like that, we can pray like this, we could pray however. It's not about, our, it's not about that. Um, so, so, Tom, what would you like prayer for? Yeah, I've got some quite blistered hands from playing drums. They're quite pink, so some prayer for that. So we need to pray for Tom's hands. We've been, we've been interceding, we've been, we've been praying for a long time. Um, I think we need, also need to pray for Tom's face. I mean, it's very obvious that we... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um... But whatever it is that we want to pray for, um, we, whatever it is we want to pray for, it might be the hands, it might be nothing. It might be actually we just want to pray. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And, you know, I'm going to say, Tom, do you want to put your hands out in front of you? And we'll just sort of, it kind of like you're receiving a gift. And, and that's nothing special. It's just saying, yeah, God, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to accept. I'm ready, kind of open posture. You know, when I was like this, probably sort of shielded it's saying like, i'm not ready so anyway we're gonna pray um now there's a few temptations here and if you're anything like me one temptation is to start and verbally explode over tom 
And I, I might be like, Lord, we just pray for Tom, and Lord, we just pray for all that's going on in his hands right now. And we know in Scripture that you say that you can heal. And what we see in Scripture is that when we pray in your name, Jesus, you will heal. And right now, we just know, and you know what, I could just go on all day, and Tom could be like, oh my gosh, what on earth just happened? So that's one thing. Don't do that. The second thing you could do that isn't so good um, is you might be like, oh, Tom, the Spirit is upon you right now. Now, oh, it's in your hands. Um, and you might, you might suddenly hype it all up. And you might be thinking, oh, I need to make this happen. Because if it doesn't happen, then I'll be so embarrassed. But you know what? You don't need to. It's all right. All we need to do is wait. All we need to do is wait. And so what we're going to do is we're going to wait. Should we stand together? And we're going to wait on God's presence. And I'm going to pray for Tom. But I'm also going to pray for all of us here. And we're going to pray that God's spirit falls on us, just like we see in the scripture, that he will come in power. And so why don't we all just sort of, sort of step into that posture of, um, of just being ready to receive from God. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe we're, we're sort of going to receive something from God. We're going to pray that we receive those gifts of the spirit. We're going to pray that God brings fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We don't exactly know what God's going to do, um, and that's a good place to be. So we're just going to pray, and I'm going to pray for Tom, and we're just going to wait. And we're going to pray that prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait.